This morning we want to talk about redemption. I don't know if you use this word much. It's not common in our day. About the only time, way I think of it is um, financially you redeem a bond or something like that. And of course it's a theological word. There's a song about it I love. I won't sing it for you now, but the words redeemed, how I love to, to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed and so happy in Jesus, his child and forever I am. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed, and then if you're a Baptist, you hold it out long and hard. Redeemed, his child and forever I am. What does this word redemption mean? We should sing about it, by the way. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, it says in Psalms. We should sing and praise and rejoice in this because it's a tremendous reality. In Romans chapter 7, verse 14, Paul says that, that he is of the flesh, sold into bondage to sin. This is our natural condition. People are sold into bondage to sin. As we saw yesterday, all salvation has to do with being saved from sin. Past tense, we're saved from the penalty of sin. It's called justification. Present tense, we're being saved from the power of sin. It's called sanctification. Future tense, we will be saved from the very presence of sin. It's called glorification when we'll be with the Lord forever and ever in glory. And so, Jesus came to deliver us from our sins. He came to save us from our sins. This, my friends, is the ultimate problem in our world. Our country is going through some big discussions. What's the real problem in the world? Is it education? Is it money? Is it the economy? Is it the government? Is it racism? Is it greed? Is it capitalism? All these types of things, I all miss the mark, my friends. The problem is sin. The problem is we're in rebellion against God. The problem is that we have, we have missed what God wants, and people fall short, and, and they're always looking for something else to blame than to say the need is repentance. I need to turn back to God. Our nation needs to turn back to God. Our family may need to turn back to God. Maybe our church needs to turn back to God, but all of us together, we need to be turning back to God. This is the key. The deepest problem with every person, every business, every culture, every society, every, anything that's going wrong, it's sin. And we've got to get back right with God. Jesus came to deliver us from our sins. This, this idea of redemption, it's interesting because, again, back on Romans 7, 14, we read that we are sold into bondage. Paul said sold into bondage to sin. The word redemption, it's, it, there's, there's two words here. Actually, there's four, but we're going to look at two of them in the Greek. And I'm not a Greek scholar, so, so I'll do my best. One is called agarazo. Agarazo. And it simply means to buy, to purchase in the marketplace. But ex agarazo, ex agarazo means to buy out of the marketplace. This word was used of the slave market. And if you can picture in the Roman times, or you can picture in our history, where slaves were put up for auction, they were, they were put up for sale, and they would be bought, they'd be purchased. 
And this was common in Rome, and it was common just like it was common in our early days here in America. And we, you and I, picture yourself being in that slave market. Who was the master? Sin. We were sold into bondage to sin. And, and someone came to purchase us out of that slave market of sin. This is how the word was used. When Paul used this word ex agarazo, the word he was using was the word used to purchase slaves out of the slave market. And the implication, he's, it, it, you can't miss it. He's saying that you and I were slaves of sin. Jesus said this in John chapter 8, he who commits sin is a slave of sin. And Paul said he was sold into slavery to sin. And redemption, ex agarazo, is when we are purchased out of the slave market of sin. Now, there's got to be a price. What is the price of this purchase? We read that in 1 Peter 1.18, do we not? We saw this recently as we were studying it. It says we weren't purchased, we weren't redeemed from our futile way of life by perishable things like silver and gold, but with the precious blood. Blood is the lamb the precious blood of Christ. My friends, the cost of our redemption, the price to purchase you and me out of the slave market of sin was not a million dollars. It was not gold. It was not silver. It wasn't even Bitcoin. No, the price of our soul, the price of our redemption was the precious, spotless blood of Christ. You know, all throughout Scripture, we read, we, we see the, the necessity of a blood redemption. Right at the very beginning, when Adam and Eve sinned, they tried to clothe themselves with animal skins, or excuse me, with, with, with fig leaves. And God came and he took off the fig leaves and instead clothed them with animal skins. Implication, the very first, uh, for, for the very first sins, there was a blood sacrifice made. Later we read in, in um, uh, Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11, that it's the, it's the blood, the life of the flesh is in the blood. So therefore, the blood is required to atone for our sins. People wonder, well, why did there have to be a death? Well, remember, the wages of sin is death. Why did there have to be bloodshed? Because the life of the flesh is in the blood. Without the shedding of blood, we read in Hebrews, there is no forgiveness of sins. Good works can't do it. Trying hard, being sorry, being remorseful. Weeping tears, none of these things can take away sin. It requires the shedding of blood. The wages of sin is death. Romans 6.23, the life of the flesh is in the blood. Leviticus 17.11, it requires a blood sacrifice for the, for the redemption of our sins. Ephesians 1.7, we are in him we have forgiveness through the redemption, the forgiveness of our sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. You've been bought out of the slave market of sin. That's good news. Do you still think of yourself as a slave of sin? Do you still think of sin as having dominion over you? Do you still think of yourself as, as sin as your master? You know, we discovered even in American history, lots of times when slaves were set free, they had been slaves for so long they didn't know how to be free. It was secure to stay on the plantation. 
And so they would stay as a sharecropper. Many of them, you know, they were, they were ripped off. They didn't get their fair share. But, but to head out into the world and really be free was a scary thought. They'd never known that. They'd grown up their whole life under the master on the plantation. And likewise, we grow up our whole lives sometimes with sin as our master. And we come and Jesus sets us free, and that's a scary thought. What's it really mean to be free? What's it really mean to be morally free? What's it really mean that I, 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 sin is not my master anymore? I don't have to rebel. I don't have to sin. I don't have to give in to this habit. I don't have to respond or react the same way that I always have when, when I'm irritated or whatever. I, it's not my master anymore. I'm free, but it's unusual. It's different. It's, you know, you wonder, do I really want, how do I live like this? It's a lot safer to go back under the security of just let, uh, sin may not be a good master, but at least I'm secure and I know how to operate there. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. He came to set you free. And he does not, he's not content with you remaining a slave to sin. He shed his precious blood. He died on the cross. He gave it all so that you and I could be free. And so he tells us things. We, we read, for instance, in uh, 1 Corinthians 7.23, you've been bought with a price. Don't become slaves of men. I think there's, you know, there's many implications to this in our life that, that we want to be people who are free. I mean, obviously... This was a verse used to set people free from real slavery here in America and so on. This was one of the verses the abolitionists would use. But I hear people say things like, I'm a slave to my boss. I'm a slave to my job. I'm a slave to this. I'm a slave to that. I'm a slave, you know. Don't become slaves of men. If you are, he says in 1 Corinthians 7, 22, 23, if you're able to become free, do that. That's better. If you're not able, well, God can use you right where you're at. Don't fret. Don't worry. Don't make a big case about it. But the more free we can be, the better. I want to say, I think it's really true specifically in this day of cancel culture. We see people losing their jobs. We see people being reprimanded because of their, their beliefs. It's something they may have posted on Twitter or Facebook years ago, and they, they're getting canceled. Um, I, I Just a little sideline here. I, I think the more independent you can be, the more your future can depend upon you and not upon someone else, the more independent you can be financially and work yourself to that position. If you're able, I think that's wise advice. If you're not, don't worry about it. God will watch over you. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, he's talking about sexual immorality. And in the chapter of 1 Corinthians 6, and he says, uh, your body belongs to the Lord. Don't you know that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? If I could just, I will read 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you're not your own? You've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. And so we see chapter 7, don't become slaves of men. We see chapter 6, verses 19 and 20, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, that your body belongs to God. Don't allow your body to be, to be given over to immorality. Don't, your, your body is to be a weapon for righteousness, we read in Romans 6. Your body is to be, it, it belongs to God. 
you belonged to him originally via creation. You rebelled and we went away. When we came back and bought out of the marketplace of sin by the blood of Jesus Christ, now we belong to him again. We're his possession and we should glorify God in our bodies. All right? We should... We, we should realize that we're no longer slaves of sin. We're no longer slaves of men, no longer slaves of sin. We're to glorify God in our bodies. And you know, the last exciting thing I'd say here is that as believers, because we belong to God, he purchased us, it really is his responsibility to watch over us. We are his possession. We are his servants. We are his doulos, his bondservants, which we'll look at in more detail in, in the coming day. But the good news is God takes care of his stuff. God takes care of what belongs to him. Brother, sister, you belong to God. God takes care of you. God will watch over you. He is your shepherd. He tends his flock well. He doesn't leave you unattended. He doesn't leave you unprotected. He doesn't leave you unprovided for. You belong to God. You're not on your own anymore. We once were. That's what sin is. Sin is saying, I'm out on my own. And that we're in the domain of darkness. We're on our own, doing our thing. But when we come back to Christ, we're redeemed. We belong to him. We get on the path of life. We enter into, we're in the kingdom of his beloved son. And believe me, our king, our king takes care of us. Our king watches over us. He promises no temptation will undertake you, but such is common to man. And he will be faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, will provide a way of escape. This is our God. He will watch over your needs. He'll say, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Everything you need will be provided. It might not always be everything we want, but he'll provide for our needs. And someday he'll take us safely to his eternal heaven. The neat thing about being bought out of the marketplace of sin and belonging to Jesus, he's not going to sell you back. He's not going to do that to you. He is not going to sell you back. This redemption that we have is, speaks of eternal life. It speaks of all of our sins are gone. It speaks of cleansing. It speaks of we are now belong to him. We once didn't. You once did not belong to Jesus. When you came to him and received him, he redeemed you. He made you his own possession, his prized possession, his special treasure. He paid a great price for you. He's not going to sell you back. This is good news. This is who we are. This morning, let's go ahead and pray and thank God and, and pray through these implications of this good news. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for sending Jesus to be the one who would shed his blood to buy us, purchase us out of the marketplace of sin. We confess that we were once the slaves of sin, lost in the plantation. We couldn't get away. We couldn't escape. We tried and we couldn't do it. But Jesus, you have set us free. You have purchased us. You've made us your own. You, you, you went to that auction block, you bid for us, you offered your precious blood, and you were the highest bidder, and you got us. And we now are free from those shackles, from those chains of sin, and we are your children. We are your prized possession, your treasure. We're a trophy of your grace. We want to thank you for what 
wonderful thing you've done for us. Open our eyes to it. Help us to understand it. Help us to grasp it. Help us, Lord, to realize that we, we're no longer on the plantation. Help us, Lord, to, to go out into that scary new world of freedom and victory where sin is not our master. We were so used to it. We got comfortable we got comfortable uh, with, with knowing what we, where we'd sin and how much and how we'd get away with. But Lord, it's over. It's gone. We're set free. The chain's broken. And the scary world of, of freedom, the scary world of walking with, without the limits, the scary world where, where we don't have to be told by sin what we must do and what we can do and what we can't do. We've been set free by you. And we haven't been set free. We, we've been... Your, your, your blood has made us free, and we bless you. We thank you. We pray that today, Lord, you would help us if any of us are slaves of men, and we can change that situation. Lord, help us to know how to do so. Help us to be in a place where, we are, where our time and our mental energy is not being controlled by other people, but we're able and free to serve you. Lord, whatever we can do there in an in a economic sense and in, in a, a mental sense that, that we're not the slaves of men. Help us, Father, to realize that our bodies belong to Jesus. They've been purchased. I pray, Lord, that when we are tempted, when there are decisions we're making that were right or wrong, we'd remember we're not our own. We belong to you. We'd make decisions that glorify you in our body. And we thank you today that wherever we go and whatever we do from this day on, indeed, all the way to the grave and then into eternity, that because we're yours, you'll watch over us, you'll protect us, you'll provide, you'll make sure that we're not tempted beyond what we're able, you'll lead us into the right paths, you'll direct us, you have, we believe, Lord, that you have great plans for us, plans for our welfare, not for calamity. We thank you that, Lord, if, if there's trials or difficulties in our life, we believe that you've allowed them for our growth to become more and more like Jesus. And if they're not there, Lord, we believe that you're just wanting us to, to continue on in a fruitful life of serving you and serving others and benefiting, blessing people. How we pray today that as your servants, we would walk in that path. Oh, Lord, make us a blessing to others. Make us ones who, who cheer up others, who encourage others, who strengthen others. Help us to serve others. Help us, Lord, to make to, to truly be the light of the world because, Christ, you've set us free, not just, to, not just to think of ourselves now, but to be loving you and loving others. Thank you again. Sin is no longer our master. Redeemed how I love to proclaim it, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed and so happy in Jesus, his child, and forever I am. Hallelujah. The redeemed of the Lord, we want to say so this very day. And so we bless you. Help us, Lord, to live in light of these truths. Might they get into our deep innermost being? Might we truly embrace the freedom from sin, the redemption that we have in Jesus Christ? And it's for his glory, we pray and bless you now. Amen. Amen. 
I really love these identity in Christ issues. Can I say they have done so much to set me free, to change my attitude, to, to, to change me from a negativity, a woe is me, the Christian life is hard, uh, and, and, and a place of trial, hardship, difficulties, and, and to help elevate my attitude to see that whatever comes my way comes from the loving hand of God and to fill me with joy, faith, and as some would say, optimism. I believe it's basing on the, tr- the truths of God's word. So thanks. If you're new, welcome. Glad you're here with us. It's going to be a great series. So help pass the word around. Help tell other people about it. These messages that we're going to be going through here are messages that um, can propel you forward in your Christian life. So share this with others. Uh, post on your social media. Tell your friends. You, you copy the link and send an email to someone that you think might really benefit by these things. And if you are new, make sure you subscribe. Um, um, hit the notify button. Hit the like button. Leave a comment. I love to hear from you and uh, know who's listening in.